Thursday, September 28th, and this is the 1909, the State News' weekly podcast featuring state news reporters talking about the news. I'm your host, Alex Walters. This week, I'm joined by three of my talented colleagues to talk about three fascinating stories. First, you'll hear from P.J. Pfeiffer. He talked to members of MSU's Black Student Alliance who are asking for more university support as they grapple with racial slurs that were written on a campus building this summer. Then I'm joined by Emilio perez who watched a group of MSU students swim a literal marathon last week in support of efforts to bring back the MSU swim and dive team. And finally, Daniel Schoner will tell us about a group of students who found an unorthodox way to counter-protest campus preachers. With that, let's start the show. All right, we've got our first guest here. PJ, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so my name is PJ. Um, I'm a junior, and this is my second semester at the State News. I am the social justice reporter in the Culture Desk. And uh, last semester, I was the love and sex reporter. Nice. So, you know, before we get into, you know, your story, specifically what's happened in the last couple weeks, do you want to tell for people kind of unacquainted with it what happened back in June? Yeah, so pretty much um, on June 8th, there was an incident outside of the Student Services Building Mm -hmm. where um, a uh, slur was posted, uh, well, actually written multiple times with chalk um, Mm -hmm. outside the Student Services Building. And pretty much the... uh, the BSA or the Black Students Alliance uh, advisor, he was actually walking with a student outside when he saw, and then he saw um, mm. the slur, and then he texted uh, the whole BSA group chat, um, as well as the president and the VP separately, um, a picture of it, and then also just kind of president know, and VP of the of the, of the, the BSA, yeah, um, yeah, Tariana, Leslie, and Jordan Wesson. I see. And then what was, you know, sort of the initial reaction from students and then from the university itself? Yeah, so um, BSA, they actually released a statement initially, Mm kind of just calling for some action, you know, describing what happened, um, their opinions on it, and then also, you know, also what it's like to um, be a black student at MSU, a predominantly white institution, and, you know, why change needs to happen. Um, And it actually took a while, like months, uh, for MSU to actually say something back to actually respond and, do and what something. did they what did they finally say uh so eventually they had they had a town hall meeting actually it was uh it was with uh msu public safety um and chief of police uh marlon lynch um they had a town meeting uh together and they just kind of talked about what needs to be taken uh what action needs to be taken mm-hmm. so and i guess what was what was asked at the town hall Lynch. Yeah, so pretty much um, there were a few things that they want to happen, the BSA wants to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. They want uh, security cameras posted up on uh, outside of the student services building, and they also want possibly facial recognition within the security cameras um, just to increase, uh, yeah, safety. And so to be clear, there were no, no cameras, no way to know who it was who wrote these slurs? Uh, from what I've heard, no. There really? Really? From what I from what I heard from BSA, uh, they could not figure out who it was. Yeah, and what did you know? What did Lynch say at the town hall? Is that something that he thinks is a practical request? Are they going to act on that? Yeah, no, he uh, he definitely thinks that it's a practical request. Request, um, and he actually said that he that there's a really big possibility that uh, the security cameras will be put up outside by the end of the month, so end of September, mm-hmm. so within the next week or so. So then, what about? 
you know, the and the more recent statement that the BSA had released, sort of, I think, calling for, for more action from the university. Can you talk about that, sort of the more recent stance? Yeah, so um, actually since June 8th, they've released, I believe, four statements. Mm. Um, the first one, as I kind of mentioned already, it was kind of an open letter to MSU administration. Yeah. Um, and also, sorry, I forgot to say this before, but uh, BSA also met with Teresa Woodruff. I see. Yeah. Um, just a little meeting, just to honestly talk about similar uh, solutions that they did with uh, Lynch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, but they've released four statements total, kind of just calling to action, um, you know, solutions, what they think would, you know, could be possible. Um, so like cameras, facial recognition, and then uh, I believe they're also talking about possible trainings. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but like usually uh, at the beginning of the year, or throughout the year, we have to do like alcohol and sexual assault trainings yeah so i believe it would also be like with that same course um but it would just be about you know uh racial discrimination i see so like a similar so for people who aren't students you know uh every msu student you're required every fall you have to do these uh some of them are video training some of them are an in-person kind of seminar you go to and you learn about alcohol or you learn about rvsm issues so i guess a similar training to kind of combat some of the discrimination that they feel like they're feeling on campus mm-hmm. yeah and what has MSU, you know, responded to that? Have they talked to them about it? Is it practical? Are they in open communication with the university about these things? I think they're more, f- the MSU is more focused on the security cameras and mm. facial recognition at this point. Um, and I will say BSA, especially um, the president of uh, and vice president of BSA, they are actively in communication with Woodruff and Lynch about the progression for the security cameras and facial recognition. And they also will be meeting with them, uh, I think, either weekly or biweekly, um, just to talk about any other instances um, or problems or, you know, just about the cameras and safety. Yeah. But has the university been receptive to some of the, uh, I mean, outside of the individual camera system for this building, but some of the broader cultural concerns they've been bringing up? Well, I will say I met with um, I met with Leslie, who's the or Tiriana Leslie, who's the president of BSA, mm-hmm. and when talking to her about you know racial discrimination on campus, she also brought up the fact that uh, since June eighth, and actually, actually not even since June eighth, since uh, late August, since school started, um, she has been reported of four four discrimination acts. Uh, people of four different uh, women on campus in the BSA have brought up. Uh, different acts that happened to them, uh, hmm. both racial and uh, homophobic kind of discrimination. Really? Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they, you know, kind of brought it to uh, her attention, and I don't know if they fully acted on it or told the, the school yet, but um, yeah. Yeah. And so has there been talk of, you know, MSU being able to investigate some of these issues, put resources like the Office of Institutional Equity or other things to, to look into this? Has that been considered? Um, I'm not sure. I, I didn't talk to uh, Tiriana or Jordan about it at all, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure that's that's probably what they're going to talk about with uh, Is Lynch that these and, meetings sort of? Right, yeah, with these bi-weekly meetings, I bet they're going to talk to Lynch and Woodruff about this. And what about this distinction that the university had made between sort of a hate speech and a hate crime, and what would sort of raise the level where they were able to take sort of more action than they have been able to take over these slurs. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that? Yeah, so um, when the racial slurs were posted outside of the Student Services Building, MSU regarded it as hate speech and not hate cr- hate crime, um, just because I guess it wasn't like a, like a 
a voluntary act that like affected like I don't want to say affected but I guess like physically affected someone mm. um so it's just it was I know uh Tirana Leslie and Jordan Weston they were kind of like they didn't really know the distinction between the two um and they thought it was more of a hate crime um so I think they're both as well as the whole BSA they're kind of trying to learn um the distinction between hate crime and hate speech and yeah yeah, and, and I assume, you know, that, that was frustrating for it to be not something the university could take action over despite it uh, affecting the members. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, I think I think they were a little um, disappointed that the only action or solution that they have right now is the security cameras, although that is a solution and that is uh, some sort of progression. Um, I think they wanted to see more action being taken. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for coming on the show, PJ. I'm excited. You know, I'm sure you'll be sticking with it throughout the semester as this sort of evolves and develops. People can follow it at statenews.com. Yeah, cool. Yeah, awesome. thanks thank for coming you. on. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so our next guest is here in the studio. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Emilio. Um, I work with the campus desk here at the State News, and I've been here for, I want to say, four weeks now. Yeah, it's been a good time. Nice. Well, we're glad to have you. So, yeah, so before we get into your story, for those unacquainted with the saga, uh, in 2020, MSU cut its swim and dive team, saying that financial troubles brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic caused them to make some cuts. Though we've actually reported that the decision to, to cut the team was made in fall 2019 before COVID was everything and all. But anyway, regardless of the dubious timeline, since the cut, there's been a lot of advocacy and organizing from former swimmers and parents and alumni who are trying to you know, bring the team back. And in June, they got this deal from MSU. Basically, if they raise $26.5 million by October 1st, they can have their team back. And so, you know, there's been a lot of donor meetings and fundraising and whatnot. But last week, you got to see something kind of unorthodox that they were doing. So do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So on Tuesday, I hear about this event that they're doing over at IM West where they hold their Tuesday night practices. And I show up and they're doing something called Marathon for MSU, where the team collectively swims about 26.2 miles or the distance of a marathon. Um... And they just, they, they swim laps until they eventually reach that. And they were doing this to raise awareness and fundraise for those, that $26.5 million uh, fundraising goal they're trying to reach. Wow. And, you know, since your story, I've been kind of looking at it, and this has become, uh, I, I want to say, like a trend that they've had. I've seen other, you know, local swim groups and alumni are swimming this marathon for MSU to raise awareness. And it's kind of incredible. I mean, you, you saw it. You talked to these swimmers. I mean, what's it like, the level of uh, passion about this, to be literally swimming a marathon? I mean, they're they're so into it. You know, this is for them, this team means everything. And, and so many of the people swimming don't even, they never swam on the team themselves, mm. but they've heard, they've had friends, they've had family who have swam, and they they just want their team back, right? I had the opportunity to speak with the club president, Sam uh, Stefanik, who uh, just said, you know, swimmers are so passionate about this. Um, you know, over the past couple of years, a lot of schools have had their uh, programs cut, and it, clearly this is something that affects all swimmers, and so it, it really motivates a lot of swimmers to show up for this. Yeah, and well, in that vein, I think, you know, maybe my favorite part of your story is that it wasn't just MSU swimmers who were swimming, but they had an unlikely ally. Do you want to talk about that? Right, yeah, so the original idea for Marathon for MSU was actually uh, this guy, Matthew Kroll, uh, who actually swims at the University of Michigan. Whoa, and Wolverine. I know, right? That's crazy. And so he came up with the idea over the summer, and he was looking for, originally for a cause of support, and he decided to throw his weight for bringing back the MSU Swim and Dive team. Wow. Yeah. That's putting down the rivalry. I know. That's not something you see often. And, and club president Stefanik was also really grateful. Again, he, he said, swimming, 
regardless of what team you're on, everyone is on the same side of supporting the sport and making sure it survives and at whatever level. Yeah, that's really cool to see. And even just at the last board meeting, there were a couple speakers. The U of M head coach was there telling the MSU board, you know, I'm a Wolverine. I never thought I'd be here. You got to bring back the swim team. And that was crazy to see because that's, you know, with the rivalry culture, um, not something you see all too often. But, you know, anyway, if it's Thursday and you're listening to the 1909, there's, you know, just a couple days left before the deadline for them to raise the funds. They give you an indication of where they're at. Are we going to get to October 1st and the team's coming back? Or is it, you know, can you tell us about that? You know, they couldn't give me any specifics. Um, the president said something akin to they were halfway there. And okay. he was pretty explicit saying, we're not going to get there by the deadline. Mm. However, he also added on that, you know, maybe they would have enough funds to bring back the team in some capacity. Yeah. That's interesting because, you know, MSU has been has been staunch about, you know, you raised the twenty six point five million or the team's not coming back. And it was sort of a last deal. But I'll be curious to see, you know, on Sunday and next week, if there's room to, to renegotiate, to put something else on the table, it'll be we'll have to follow it. Yeah. yeah. But thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for covering this. What an interesting story. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Our uh, last guest is here in the studio. Daniel, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Daniel. Uh, I am a reporter for the State News. I am currently on the pop culture beat, and I've uh, I've got a run in history in journalism. I was just, we were just talking uh, before uh, the mics went on, but uh, I was actually a uh, radio station uh, DJ for like four years in high school. So yeah, look at that back in your back in your element. Um, yeah, so let me ask you, you know, you were you wrote a story this week about one of these, you know, Wells Hall preachers that's outside. Normally people kind of walk by, ignore, but you saw something really interesting with some students actually uh, reacting to it. So do you want to tell us, you know, what your story was, what you saw that day? Yeah, of course. So uh, I was biking through, um, coming uh, to my class. I have a class at Planetarium. It's awesome. Uh, but uh, I uh, ended up skipping it that day because I was going through the Wells Courtyard and just saw this huge crowd um, around this preacher. And it's not the first time I've seen it. I've seen it last year. And it kind of clicked for me, you know, now that I've been doing more state news stuff, that this is a story because people are very, very strongly against this man. And for good reason. And it wasn't it wasn't just him because I, you know, start talking to people, assess the scene, explore it. But um, it was this group, Team Jesus Preachers. And... They go from campus to campus, not only in Michigan, but across the country, um, kind of uh, not, I don't even want to say preaching because it's, it's, it's a ton of incredibly hurtful messages mm -hmm. um, that suggest, you know, people aren't, you know, worthy of what they, they use words like love and salvation, and they never use the word hate, but it comes across as hate to many mm -hmm. of the students um, when I was talking to them. Um, the lead guy who was uh, talking, which I believe you have some audio of, um, uh, Mr. Adam LaCroix, uh, was actually an MSU alum, hmm. uh, but he was coming there uh, from down from Florida to uh, kind of preach, preach his word, and his word was, ho I mean, ho horrible, uh, in my Conspiracy opinion. Conspiracy theories as well, right, about you know, the MSU shooting and different recent events. Yes, yes, multiple students. I didn't hear it personally, but multiple students said that he was saying things such as, you know, Muslims and homosexuals were the ones who caused the MSU shooting, which is absolutely horrible. Uh, I didn't include it in my article because I don't want to. I don't want to trigger people. And I also, uh, you know, don't want to uh, offend anybody out there because, again, what this man's saying was, it was, it was awful. But a lot of students were actually, you know, rallying around him in a very positive way. 
Mm-hmm. But in a positive way, you say supporting him or um, sort of making fun of him? Oh, absolutely not supporting him. It was yeah. making fun of him, and it was a very it was it was very enter- entertaining and intriguing to watch uh, the interaction go go forth because I get out there and see. It was again this huge crowd. They're all against him. And he he yells he yells his stuff. I remember at one point he sang something along the lines of you know God is who gives smokers cancer. And this one kid, uh, first thing I see, he goes up. His name was Cole Bennett. Goes up and writes down on this giant dry erase board. It says smoking plus God equals cancer. Flips it around and is just standing in front of this guy with a smirk on his face. You know like. This man does not know what he's talking about and is just making up some random crap to, you know, get people to excuse, excuse, you know, hate, hateful, hateful speech. But sort of almost satirizing sort of what he's saying in real time for people walking by. Yes. Yes, really? it was. It was a lot of, again, yes, yeah, satire, because he would talk about homosexuality and people would go back and say, you know, you're the homosexual, right? You know, God is gay. I walked by, you know, a couple days ago, you know, a week after this, and still in chalk on the sidewalk where this happened, there's big, big block words, God is gay, because he, again, what they were saying was very homophobic, it was, it was Islamophobic, xenophobic, Mm -hmm. everything, Um, and they justify with religion, but some other things that these groups were doing, this group was doing, um, I saw... uh, I get, and I got a great picture of it, um, was the this um, same guy, Cole Bennett, uh, with these tiny little pride flags going around in a circle around Adam LaCroix as he's, as he's, as he's screaming at these kids. Um, and Cole is putting little pride flags around him in this big circle, and it looks almost like, I thought of it as like, you know, uh, like a little ritual circle, yeah. almost to like banish him. Um, and that's uh, that's kind of what uh, people what people were saying about it. It's like you know we're we're gonna banish you with the, you know with uh, with the power of LGBT. You know again to satirize what he's saying. Really, and this is you know I, I've got a class in Wells three times a week. I think I see the preacher there pretty much every other time. I've never seen anything like this. Is this an organized group of students? Do they get together and say we're gonna do this. This random people. That, I mean, how did this come together that they decided to do this? Yes, these kids come prepared. It's insane. Um, it's called MSU Movement. I was hmm. talking to a couple of them, and it's this uh, its this little little student group, a uh, little over 30 people, um, and they, uh, they contact each other through messaging to let one another know if they see these preachers on campus. Um, again, they don't, they don't target, like, the, you know, the nice old ladies with, like, the Bible education books, um, but they, they do you know, um, target these, these, these demonstrators who mm-hmm. will, who will yell, who do not have, you know, really like authorization from the university to be there. Um, and people will come out with little, little pride flags. They'll come out with signs. They'll, they, they really go all out. It was, it was, it was wonderful to see. But, um, another thing that I did, did get in the article, um, was that two people came with signs after, you know, a message was posted in MSU movement, you know, mm. the cr- like, you know, one of the crazy people are here. Um, and they come with uh, big signs, has a picture of the man, you know, who's talking right now. And above it, it says, this man peed his pants on campus. Really? Yes, yes, with a big arrow pointing. And they were standing, there are two kids, two signs point on each side of him, and they both had opposite arrows pointing directly at the guy. And they stood there for about a solid hour as this man yelled and 
every all the kids were yelling back. They were ridiculing him, um, and uh, you know what? To what a lot of people said, they're putting putting him in this place. Wow, that, that's fascinating. This is not something I've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And what about? But you actually talked to the preacher too a little bit too about sort of his perspective on this, his history. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I actually got a word in um, with the uh, with the demonstrator with Adam um, because I uh, I just kind of waited, asked, hey, you know, can I talk with you after he was after he was done yelling? I I you know came, I came up and asked him just about his experience, and he talked a lot about what um, what motivates him, and you know I. I could I could kind of talk about it, but really it comes down to you know just he found he found religion and it sounds like he uh, he just you know got a bit radicalized. Um, he you know he throws a lot of words out there you know like you know I have to when I do this like I have to you know have patience you know God gives me patience you know I find my answers in prayer, all that kind of stuff that really um, doesn't come down to much substance wise, but. He did talk about, you know, the struggles he faced doing this in for, for good reason. Um, and it kind of reflected on something one of the crowd members said. And they wanted me to know, uh, because I was a reporter, they said people like him and Team Jesus Preachers go around and try to purposely collect harassment lawsuits hmm. in order to make money. Really? Yes. And um, this has been successful for him in the past? It's it's not his goal, but he said that he uh, he's gotten sued four times and he's won fifteen hundred dollars. He said approximately from each of the four cases, um, and he really? yeah he says he it's not his intention, um, but he gets this money and it goes right back into Team Jesus Preachers. I see. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's and and so these these people really they he 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 repeated multiple times that he knows his rights and he believes what he's doing is right. He mm-hmm. after after speaking to him I, in his voice, I genuinely believe he thinks he's doing a good thing. Um, but it clearly does it does cause harm and it causes hurt because I did talk to some of those students who on campus. Um, uh, one one uh one guy um Lucas Trainer he uh. Mm-hmm. He, he was talking about his experience. Um, he identifies as transgender. Uh, and when he was transitioning the year before, he, uh, he, he was walking around campus and he was, he was hearing the things that these, these demonstrators said. I believe he said it was the same man, Adam LaCroix, uh, yelling about how, you know, like members of the LGBT community, you know, um, you know need to repent and that mm-hmm. they have sinned um, and that, you know, they're, they're going to hell. But... Uh, that made him really insecure. He ends up joining this the student group, uh, MSU movement, um, and kind of being able to like start almost this counter protest against them uh, with things like uh, he organized a picnic one time um, mm-hmm. and you know got people to kind of come around and co- combat it and you know trying to kind of try to turn this um, this demonstrator who believes you know he's you know being like a professional preacher which he's not into a clown show you know mm-hmm. a circus act and that's kind of what they did they turned into a circus act and stopped anyone from feeling hurt by what he was saying wow well thank you for coming on the show daniel it's a fascinating story Great of to course have you. thank you right. so much that's all for this week we'll be back next thursday with more until then the stories we discussed and plenty more are available at statenews.com thank you to our incredible podcast director anthony brinson our guests pj emilio and daniel and you for listening For the 1909, I'm Alex Walters.